0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Aesthetics of Leadership podcast. I am your host, Edwin Adams, and it has been five years since I've spoken live with this individual, and I'm excited to have the real deal back on the show. This is Ryan Stacks Harmon, who uh, has graced us with some time today to talk about not only his transformation story, but what he intends to keep transforming. Ryan, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, Adam, thank you so much. So Ryan, we met through social media channels years ago, and I can't believe when I actually went and listened to our original podcast recording. And yeah. uh, it, it, I gleaned some some additional benefit that I think I missed the first time. So I want to make sure we get to that story. Um, but yeah. Ryan, you have continued, to be an advocate for transformation and change through three domains of your life, clearly body, mind, and spirit. And I want to give the listeners just a little context on that. You, you um, I guess your story originated being a wrestler. You were a wrestler for the vast majority of your life, and you had a career-ending injury. Do you mind just going back there briefly and talking about the injury that, that compelled you to do something different than you had planned to do? Yeah, so
1: I wrestled for almost, probably at least almost 15 years when I had my injury. And uh, so I tore off my thumb ligament and uh, ended up being a trickling effect of losing my feeling in my entire hand, losing 75% use of my thumb. So I only have about 30 tops, 30 top, 30 percent grip in my grip strength in my right hand, zero feeling, and then I lost my index finger, my finger here, and majority of my bone and up in here too. Um, so yeah, I lost these fingers and the nails. So this on one year um, with that incident, I uh, ended up having to obviously drop out of college wrestling and figure out a whole new path of what I wanted to do for that, you know, my early twenties. And cause that was everything to me. Wrestling was life. Mom, my father was a national champion in wrestling and all the brothers, the whole family, Harmon family was all wrestling, like legendary and out of Oregon. So when that was taken away from me, I was like, "What? Well, what else is there now? Like there's, that was it. That was wrestling's life, you know? And uh, so I couldn't really figure out, um, what exactly I wanted to do. So I kind of just started going to, I switched over to, well, I was in pre-veterinary and then without the feeling in my hand, I had to drop out of my vet program and go into kinesiology, exercise science, and then to replace wrestling, I just started going to the gym, never really wor- lifted weights, just did kind of body weight workouts, wrestling workouts. But now i got into the gym, started actually doing weight training and, some buddies that I knew from home where they like yeah. to compete in bodybuilding and mm-hmm. they were wanting me to join with them since I was working out. And I was like, nah, it's stupid, mm. but I'll do it, whatever. And, uh, so I went to my first one and had a fun time and ended up winning the first one. And it was kind of like a little amateur one. And so, and then, so that kind of just kickstarted it. And I realized there was a different outlook and competing for me so I kind of switched over to the whole bodybuilding realm and took off from there.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty incredible exactly how it took off. And you know what I took away from our first interview together was that you didn't necessarily look at other people to model after. You kind of wanted to do your own thing, right? Um, I mean, if I'm remembering back to the words I heard, I think I asked you a question around, well, who were your mentors? Who did you look up to? And, and you thought about it for a minute and you went, you know, I do my own thing, man. And I, I was going to show up as as Ryan and I didn't need anybody else's influence. Uh, talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, um,
0: actually, it's still the exact
1: same way. I actually kind of had a weird conversation this year with that kind of same topic. Like people are like, well, who are your idols? And I was like, dude, I've never never really idled anyone. Um it comes to like you know life or especially in the fitness realm there's probably like i don't know two people who i think have like the perfect physique that are like from europe i don't even really know who they are but besides that like i've never never really followed like someone to try to like look like them or be like them or any of that kind of stuff um I've always been super independent. So I think because of that, I've never really wanted to align myself with anyone else. Um, I've always wanted to be my own thing. And no matter what, like, even if it took longer, like, I, I never even had a coach. Um, most get people get into fitness and especially competing and bodybuilding, they hire a coach. So they know exactly what to do. I never had a coach. I learned everything else or everything on my own which was a longer process, but I figured it out. And I probably learned more that way um, with all the mistakes and stuff that I made on during the entire path, but it definitely was a slower path. I'd probably, I learned things in about for four to five years, I, a coach could have told me in one year, you know. So oh,
0: interesting. Well, I, I, I think what I also appreciated about your story was that, that you have a drive that is centered in, in spirituality. You're, you're, you're a Christian man and and you default. if you needed a, a coach, you kind of default to, to the number one, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, that seems yeah. to drive a lot of your your actions, your thoughts, and your intentions is, is that aspect of your being, right? Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of people that like, I find good, you know, good values and good traits in and stuff, but you know, in the long scheme of things, like, it doesn't matter how cool that person might seem at that point or how many, you know, how successful that person might seem in their their life. Like each and every single one of them still, still struggles pretty hard with their own self and the demons and it doesn't matter what it looks like so it's like that I mean that's another reason why I don't really try to idolize another um physical individual for myself like because I know I know how personally I know how great I can look from the outside and I, I know I've been through it so um you gotta I always gotta fall back on number one
0: Yeah, that's 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 amazing. I know back when we spoke, you were doing a lot of uh, children's ministry work. I know you're really involved in the community wrestling program since you have such a foundation and skill in wrestling. You're kind of passing it along to the to the next generation. Has that activity continued even today? Um, I currently don't do
1: any more in the children's ministry. once I moved back from Colorado, I just haven't really, I guess, locked myself into a home church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been, we're now, we're now currently in the same place for about two years now. We've been kind of jumping around, but before that, I moved probably from three different cities after Colorado, so just haven't really had an opportunity or our place for that so I kind of got out of that but still definitely attend every every chance I get I mean I travel a lot so it's hard to always be there but um wrestling wise I am uh, I'm now the high school coach here and at Richmond High School so we're just now this week we're starting wrestling season so
0: incredible out of season,
1: out of season training hopefully wrestling season will start this December if allowed
0: yeah, I guess that was my next question is, I, I, I know we've all been impacted in different ways, especially high school and collegiate and professional sports for that matter. How, how have you prepared for that kind of distraction?
1: Um, I mean, we, we all find it pretty irritating here. It's just, there's a lot, lot of nonsense that goes with it. A lot of stuff that's said that just doesn't make sense um especially rules they'll say they'll implement multiple rules that all you know counteract each other so it's just like okay well which way is it going to be guys come on um but it's a pain and but we're making it work like we have to work with kids in positive six right now and um when we have a few few dozen showing up it can get a little Complicated, I guess, but and that's only like half the team right now. Whoever's decided to show up for preseason work, so we'll probably, but well, we'll be close to probably 75 kids for the season if, if wrestling is allowed. Um, which is great because when I took over, the culture was dead at that school for wrestling, that school was just all baseball, football, basketball, and and I came over there like three years ago and. It was bad. The kid and the kids were just bad, and the culture was no wrestling culture, no hard work ethic there. And we probably had, they'd be lucky to have, I don't know, twenty five kids on a team. So we've definitely rechanged that, the whole mindset on that. We've got the numbers. We're still trying to develop the skills and the talent that's on the team, but the numbers are are more important first. So.
0: Well, tell me about that. that that's, that's a new story for me then. And and since since this is a show about transformations, how do you step into a, a, a dysfunctional environment like that, establish order, process, and a ladder for success for, for the kids and the program? What Can you take me through kind of how you chose to step in and approach that?
1: Yeah, so I was assistant coaching up in Spokane at a high school there. And then I dropped down into back to my hometown, Walla Walla, and I assisted coached over there. And then that's when Anna's job moved us to Tri Cities, and I came in and got an assistant position here in Richland. And then right before season started, the head coach resigned, which threw basically me in the head coach position with like two days to prepare for a season like it was like two days out from first first day of practice so i was like what so i got thrown into it because new city new school new everything and they uh and then you know you start practice and you see the kind of kids that show up and i mean and they don't even have a wrestling room which makes things more complicated um we're one of the only high schools that don't have a wrestling room so hey so we're um constantly battling that kind of because having a wrestling room is huge for culture so you just step in that room you know it's just like it's just like a light switch like you know kids will kids turn without that room and creating that atmosphere it's it's hard to get them on the, their mindset there so but it's it's been it was challenging very and I don't know if it was 100% like just the school, if it's just the age of days now with, the, with the children, um, not, you know, having the tough work ethic if it has to do with parents, but I'm pretty cutthroat. Um, I mean, I'm a really nice guy and stuff, but when I'm in charge and when I'm a coach, like, like I don't play games. Like, you know, I'll send you home. Like, if you don't want to want to step up, you don't want to work, like, I'm not going to mess around with it. Um, I'll push you if you want to be pushed, you work hard and stuff but if you don't want to work hard i'm not gonna waste my time on you type of thing and um and and i was at and i'm kind of that that cutthroat with like parents as well you know parents would be like oh my kid i played i'm like um i don't really play the games so i actually brought my assistant coach i let him take over the head coach the next year and he um because he's a little bit more he's better he's better people let's say um when it comes to being like nicer, he's not as cutthroat as me. He knows how to work the, work the edges and soften people up. And um, so actually having him is awesome because we're, we're kind of the best of both worlds. Um, So we kind of, we've been, we've been attacking this together for three years now.
0: Incredible. Would you say it, it was, was it a, clearly there was a lack of, um, I guess equipment and and support that you needed from from a building perspective, what structure did you put in that allowed the kids to kind of flow in to to understanding the box within to operate under you how did that how did you create that
1: um, well the other the other coach is all about so he's all about like hey we just want people to show up. I don't care who you are like I don't even care to take like this the nerdiest of the nerds have never even like touched athlete or athletics at all. We just want kids. We want to start creating like a culture and like having people know what wrestling is. And I'm like, I was like, Oh, that's great. But we still need, <laughs> we still we can't just be filling our room with people who aren't going to work hard. Cause that's going to, cause the biggest thing, well, yeah, it's probably in wrestling is like one of the only ones that I can think of where, your wrestling partner you're only as good as your wrestling partner type of thing your wrestling like champion like when it comes to wrestling champions are always created in pairs of two and um, and if your wrestling partners not working hard and are doing what they're supposed to do you'll never get better so um, so yeah we had to we had to line that up quickly and it, the first the first while um, we were pretty lenient on just like just getting the kids in you know being you know, be still being tough and, and pushing the kids hard, but not, like, to the point, like, hey, it's, like, do your work or get out type of situation. But after, like, the first half of the year, then we kind of started turning the corners on that, and the kids started really understanding. And, I mean, we kicked out a – we just literally eliminated a hand like, a dozen kids from the team, and people were like, oh, crap, coach is actually legit now about this. And um, now most of those kids are actually turning out for this year. Again, um, they, they were – the younger, you know, freshman sophomore type of kids, so younger mindset and now that they have an older mindset and a year later they they know what is going to be expected of them and so
0: yeah, I appreciate the word culture. That's such an important word particularly at at that age. You've you've now created a generation of wrestlers that can serve as mentors and leaders for the kids coming in and that's probably the first time that's happened in 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 that school's history, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's in a while. They 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 had a really good coach
1: before us, quite a few years before us, and they had a they had some good studs that came out of there because of that culture. But um, he he was a little too tough. Um, I, I can't really say he was too tough. He just probably didn't focus on the. He was probably only gave his focus on the kids that were important instead of everyone, and so that kind of killed the numbers. But they still had good results. So now we're trying to balance that.
0: Sure. So you intend to keep um, influencing high school sports in, in this way, right?
1: Yeah. Sure? Yes.
0: Yeah. So clearly, clearly it's a passion. And I remember, I remember asking you a question in our, our first interview related to what is it, what is it that keeps you going and doing what you do? And your response was, I just want people to be. Happy. I, I want to. I want people to laugh. I want there to be joy. Uh, clearly, that's not a sport that that you think of as as people expressing joy. It's a pretty pretty physical sport. But you have found another outlet that I think makes people smile and laugh, and that's the three million plus followers you have on TikTok. How did you find your way to a new social media platform and influence? on a on a much grander scale a tremendous group of people
1: yeah so i'm always about being happy you know just a positive outlook and even with my own wife i'm always like on a daily basis i'm like it's it's a mindset it's a mindset like you got to you got to choose to have that mindset like your external your external factors don't reflect on you being happy it's your internal factors and you have full control of that and she yells at me all the time for there. Just like, just listen to me vent. That's all I want. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I know, I know you want to vent. I know you want me to be there for you, but you know, you still got to choose to be happy. Like you got to choose to work through And you you know, it's usually you work stress that she's dragging on about and and she chooses that work. So, you know, you got to deal with it. And, and so I've always, and I've always had that. Like I'm very stress-free, very stress-free person. I mean, I could lose my house tomorrow and I'll still be like, eh, something good will happen to the next day. I don't know. And uh so that's kind of my mind, my uh, my mindset. My wife's mindset, not so much. She stresses about everything. Um yeah, it'd be the end of the world if we somehow lost our house and that type of thing. So we're definitely poor opposites on there. But with fit or with Instagram and everything being so fitnessy, um it didn't really that's one minor um, part of who I am I guess but yeah that's it's all. hard to stand out in that very noisy space on Instagram yeah. oh it is and and, that, uh, and that's all that people saw on Instagram because you know it's pictures for the most part and, and that's what I mostly posted was fitness stuff and, they, uh, and I've always like told people like hey fitness is what I do but it's not who I am and so I always wanted a platform or some way to to express the real me, I guess, or the the me that that's not just fitness, and um, and that's kind of where this the TikTok app came in, which but it was before TikTok, and it was called Musically, and I some I don't even know how I stumbled upon that app because no one used it. I don't even know a single person in the world that had Musically. Um, personally and so I just downloaded this and I was like whatever I'm gonna do this this is fun and I don't even care what my wife says and so I did it got a lot of flack for it and (laughs) from her all of her friends that came over other random people that would be like why what is this nonsense what are you doing this for I was like I don't know but I like it and and then it and I kind of on the app for what it was I blew up pretty quick Pro, I think I got to about close to 700,000 followers in I don't know five months, and then it turned into TikTok. So when TikTok formed, I automatically already had 700,000 followers, and then TikTok because it merged or Musically merged with TikTok to go global, and so they brought in that mu- that much more um, audience to it and. And reach and something we just start blowing up even quicker from that, and then the rest of everyone that I knew has it now, and
0: now I was cool. So <laughs> should have listened to to stacks a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't question what he does; do what he does. Uh, clearly, you were you were on a a curve of change in social media, and your your personality fits just beautifully with that short segment of humor that I find really compelling and endearing to you. I, I think it, it fits your, your personality beautifully, in my opinion. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, so the joy that, that you find through this media, is, is that strategic or is it just random Ryan? I, I've always been curious, watching you develop this platform over the past couple of years, um, how, how do you plan that? Uh, like my videos and stuff yeah um
1: well I wouldn't really want to say too much it's just strategic um I mean at the point now that I'm at with my social media and when I work with companies that that gets a little bit more strategic um it's just based off who I want to work with and who wants to work with me and then how I got to make their, the video or the content for that company to promote them. But when it when it doesn't come with them, like, honestly, the rest of it's literally just like whatever pops in my head now we're, we're doing it. Like, I'll like, I'll stop. And I'm like, Hey, we got to make a set talk right now. Like, cause I'll forget about it. Like I'm, I'm so like, I'm really ADD. And if I don't do something, I, it'll be gone forever. I, I just know it will be. So, and, and I get, yeah she's like can't I wait i'm like no like let's go come on we got TikTok. it's 15 seconds what can you do come on <laughs> and uh, so everything's pretty pretty much like on the whim when i think of things i i'm actually not that creative of a person when it comes to sitting down and brainstorming i'm like really bad um you don't want me on your team for that but when it comes to just random nonsense on the whim yeah that's 100 me sign and, you up okay yeah. And so, yeah, that's, um, it's, there's only been a couple things that like took a little effort and figuring out, like now, now my neighbors are starting to see me film all this stuff outside my house. So they, uh, they're, they're taking notice and I had to get a couple neighbors involved for a couple TikToks and stuff. The, the, the bigger, the idea is now, the bigger the planning happens, but
0: yeah, I love it when you when you're out in the street uh, in cowboy boots and and darn near nothing else, or you're mowing the grass. I yeah. always wanted to ask your neighbors what who just moved in the neighborhood.
1: Well, the, so the cowboy boots are Anna's. <laughs> they don't even fit me at all. Like I can't even get my foot in there; just my tippy toes touch the, the the sole the shoe. So I'm literally in the. I'm technically wearing them like in the highest heel possible and then when i made the one mowing the lawn and stuff and the superhero undies the oh yeah my neighbor was right across the street just watching the entire time like yeah <laughs> and, and it was always like you're gonna do it right now i was like yeah i'm gonna do it right now i'm not gonna wait for them like I don't
0: <laughs> absolutely priceless man absolutely priceless so so clearly with this kind of following people want to be part of your personal brand that you're creating on, on social media. Uh, where do you tend to find alignment with other people or businesses when you, when you're trying to decide on a collaboration, what, what criteria must people meet in order to align with, with Ryan Harmon? Um, yeah.
1: So, well, is a little tricky. So like I, I get hit up daily, daily by companies. Um, so like dozens a week and, and I obviously I don't want to make, I don't want to work too much with a bunch of companies just cause then I don't want my, like, I don't want my content to just be, Oh, promotion, promotion, sell, sell, you know? Um, but I still want to, you know, work enough to, you know, where I can make a living. And not have to do other work that I would ha- would have to do to make a living. So it's it's kind of a balance there for me. Um, and I've I figured out that the more the more I charge personally for a company to work with me or to work with a company, the the more you'll f- you'll find value in like the actual people who want to work with you, and not just try to get anything out of someone that has a bunch of followers. Um, so I, I kind of doubled slash tripled my prices and, and I cut back a lot of people, but I was, you know, because my prices were, I was still making the same or more even with less companies, but then it was like, just like legit companies. And, and for the most part, if it wasn't a product, I couldn't see myself actually wanting to try or actually use. Um, I just, I just don't even like respond for the most part. Like it has to be something like legit. I'm not just gonna throw out nonsense that I would never even want to support, you know.
0: Yeah, that would have to come across, I guess, in the end product, which is which is you on video or you on camera, if if you're not in it, yeah, it seems like it it'd come through as unauthentic or inauthentic, whatever the word is. So um along this journey, this social media transformation, you've you've also developed a, a talent for writing so that that is another part of this story that that I did not know five years ago tell me about that transition yeah so about five, the
1: last time we spoke I was probably or I definitely was um doing the covers for all these book authors and um who write romance books and stuff and when I started doing a bunch of the covers for them um some of the I would say more, I don't really want to say better models, but the more ones ones that are light, I guess, not even just like a physical aspect, but ones that like are just more, more than just themselves. Like you, you gotta have personality and they're fun. Those ones, they get signed to um, an, an author who they travel with. Um, so it helps promote them even more at these, at book signings and stuff like that. So when the, when the author goes to these big book signings, they bring the, the model and that brings more attention for the readers who want to come like, Oh, that, like that model from that book is going to be there. I want to be there, you know? So, so I got signed to SR Watson and we traveled for about two years from 2015 to 2017 to all these book signings, not even just in the country around the world. Um, and that was kind of fun. But then, the more I started actually like physically being with her on these big trips, the more I realized the potential there was in these books that can be sold. And it wasn't even so much like you have to be like, you need to be like this English major who has great writing skills and all this stuff. And it was just like, no, you just gotta be able to create a cool story and and half of it's just the people follow you because they like you as an individual. So they're going to buy your books because they like you. And, and unless you're a really terrible story writer, like people are going to like it. And, uh, for the most part. And, and so I was like, Oh, there's a lot of potential in these books. Like people can do some legit things, um, with like career wise and not just have it just be a fun little side job. So she constantly was like, Oh, I want you to write with me. I want you to be a co-author. I want to co-author with you. Um, um that way it can help her speed up the writing process right because she she's not she's a big she runs hospitals and stuff so she's not like a full-time writer and she wants to be a full-time writer but she doesn't have the time to write all the amount of books that's required to be a full-time writer so that's where i would come in because i'd have to write at least you know part of the book or half the book and that speeds it up so i was like no i don't want to write i don't want to write so after about a year of her asking me i finally was like fine let's do it but first book we're going to write is a cute little christmas book so she was like fine we'll write a christmas book so we wrote a christmas book i actually loved it i put a hand on the cover it was fun um just creating everything out of nothing like and so we just kind of ran from there and um now we have 15 books out and we're not slowing down like <laughs> like we're next year is going to be a huge year for
0: us incredible so is there going to be a, a book that you solo author anytime soon
1: um there's one that i have in mind it's not really a romance book it's more of a it's more of a
0: it has to be a gladiator <laughs> <recipe> of <laughs> some sort it's actually,
1: totally, you know, it's actually going to be a um, nonfiction book um with like about kind of just like my actual story and the, the animals really? and, stuff and because everyone wants to know like the big story, not just like the sugar-coated, mask story of me and Anna. Because we have a long past history. Like we've known each other for what twenty some years now. So, yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, there's a there's a lot of dirt in there too. So, but <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, well, that won't happen until Anna Anna becomes more a little confident of a person. To have that dirt out there, so
0: yeah, the the whole world then knows the story. But but then you know you create a culture of raving fans who love you both. So yeah. uh, I know the fans will support this story for sure, and everybody else they're irrelevant. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I know mean,
0: who they are. <laughs> well, um, you made a statement in our first interview that I think speaks to uh, um, a lot of what we've talked about so far. You said. Uh, we, we were talking around the context of of self-image and internal strength, and and you alluded to earlier in our conversation today that, that it, external should not be your focus for much of anything. Everything has to kind of come from within. This is the seed of the soul. This is the giftedness that God's given you. You know, step forward with that. And I loved your comment five years ago. You said, for you to see logic, you must seek logic. So asking a lot of questions, asking for help, and just being insatiably curious about life and taking the risks, taking the chances, stepping forward without knowing the answer. You know, that's almost a a faith walk. Ryan, you seem to personify, for me, a lot of these principles of transformation that show what is possible if if people will get out of their their own way. Uh, So I really appreciate what you stand for, your style and what you represent, Ryan, you, you are, you are a gift in this world and you do bring joy and a lot of smiles to a lot of people. So thank you. Oh yeah. Thank you. So Ryan, uh, what, what's coming in the next five years for, for us? Um, clearly there are going to be a lot more books. There's going to be another social media platform you take over. What else are we missing that we can anticipate? Um, well, actually that's a, that's a huge gamble myself we're
1: uh we've been constantly talking going back and forth whether we're going to stay in Washington or just up and move to like a random location because Anna's work is global um she could go anywhere even international like we've we've talked about moving to South America or Ireland and type of stuff like that but um yeah right well right now like with her work she's she's i don't know she couldn't be set up more perfect right now so it's hard to want to leave even though in the area would probably be better than here um but besides that um yeah the book things is going to be what we're really i'm gonna i'm gonna really focus on next year um hey boys come here (laughs) and um they uh Just, I'll be definitely coaching the wrestling team still. And um, who knows? I guess YouTube's our biggest next thing. We've been talking about doing YouTube um, forever, but it's a lot of work. Like, it's a lot more work than TikTok, a lot more work than Instagram. So, but we're. I bought everything you could ever need for it, so I got to do it, you know. <laughs> so you're um, in it now. Yeah, so hopefully, I mean, we kind of have done a little bit of YouTube, but really nothing like a real YouTuber does. So now we're going to try to make it serious and and run with that because that is the next step to at least me going full time. Um, well, I mean, I already am full time with social media, but even more full time to the point where Anna can retire. Absolutely. And that's what—that's the biggest goal, um, which would be awesome to do in the next two to three years. Was to within so YouTube, TikTok, and the books be full time there to the point that it replaces Anna's income, so we can just go travel um, for like two years straight and not ever have to worry about coming back to America. So,
0: brilliant. Wow so Ryan, I guess one last question about writing since since I'm trying to develop that talent as well. what has been the most difficult transition or transformation for you in finding your writing style? Did it did it come naturally or or are you constantly butting your head against some obstacle with writing? Um, I mean, my biggest
1: conflict with writing would just be trying to, patching like filler filler um scenes between like the main scenes that have to happen and stuff like that um which um sr my co-author does really well at. so she she kind of works on that really well but for my writing style honestly i'm a big anime watcher so i would say i i kind of write a lot like a lot of the animes i watch um a lot of internal internal monologuing um which I, I kind of tried to get Anna into some of the shows she's she's accepted some of the shows that I watch but uh she's like wow these, there's a lot of internal monologue in this like it's kind of weird I'm like you know that's the best part it's about character development we love character development and uh so <laughs> so I guess that would be definitely where I kind of because I don't read books I really don't read at all um so that people like are mind blown all the time by that
0: yeah, that's that's fascinating. Most people develop a style based off their experience of reading, and and yeah. and you're just launching into it, just like you do everything else, which which makes you such a superhero out there. You just go be you. You be you. That's the hashtag that I, that I would associate with you. You be you, and yeah. and it matters. <laughs> So Ryan, if people want to continue to follow this trajectory of change and transfer, transformation for you and Anna over the the next few years, how can they do that?
1: Um, well, we'll definitely be around on social media. Anna does not do social media, so you'll have to follow her through me. Um, a lot of people do I have my followers only follow me for Anna, but uh, the uh, Instagram is a uh, I am stacks with periods in between the words, um, or you can Google. Or, yeah, Google Ryan Stacks and everything pops up on there. Um, That's my TikTok. That's my YouTube. That's my author name, Ryan Stacks, across the board. So
0: Awesome. I'll make sure to put all of that in the show notes so people will be just a click away. uh, And hopefully you'll get some new followers, Ryan. Look, man, thank you for your time again. I hope it's not five years before we get to speak again. uh, it, it, if you need some help writing the the untold Ryan Stack story, remember I've got the recording of that first interview, and it was raw. So that was awesome. That was awesome. If you need any content, I was I was definitely in a definitely in a place back then.
1: Um, I wouldn't really exactly say good place, but a place where I knew I knew where I needed to go. I knew I had the right mindset to achieve it, but I wasn't following my own mindset at the time. Um, so now I'm definitely, I've definitely got <laughs> hold of everything that I've always like spoken of. and stuff.
0: Well, that, that has been the, the most phenomenal part uh, of the journey that I've had the privilege of, of watching Ryan is, is seeing you step into your authenticity, um, knowing that conversation we had five years ago. And all I can say is, man, I'm proud of you. Way to go. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, Ryan, this has been an absolute pleasure. Best wishes to you and Anna. Best wishes along this relentless, authentic pursuit that you're on. And um, I I, I hope people continue to follow you and find the joy that you bring in the world. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. For everybody (laughs) listening to the show, please go take care of Ryan and become a follower on whatever social media channel you find valuable. And also don't forget, if you found value in this episode, please go leave Ryan and me a five-star rating and let us know what you like most about the show and what you got out of it until next time. I'm Edwin Adams. Peace out everybody. Awesome.